Hello. Hello. This is Joya Italiano. And this is Jeff Ekman. And welcome to No But That's a Thing. A podcast where we talk about the real science ideas that are contained in sci-fi movies. Yeah, neither of us are experts in any of these things, but we care about them and we feel like we can make it interesting for you. So we Googled some stuff after watching a movie and here we go. Here we go. Welcome to RoboCop. Welcome. (laughs) that's the only way I can start with this movie okay here's some uh, context the fact that I had never seen this movie how how in my 29 years of life had I never seen Robocop it's a very you movie yeah it's such a me movie you know you're into like the 80s action like kind of serious R-rated Terminator 1 level uh, let's be clear Terminator Terminator 2 of course but that's not in the 80s Terminator 1 was much more intense just that kind of like Red Dawn style like uh, I mean there's a lot of violence in this movie. You know and- what's wild <clears throat> is I like my mother had recorded this movie from TV. Like it was one of those okay. VHS like hand recorded Wh- things <laughs> sat on the shelf all those years. And I think it was like between Terminator 2 and a double feature that my mom had recorded with uh, True Lies and Time Cop. Oh, shit. And yet I never watched it. I was like, What Robocop. a section of the shelf. I got to give that to your mom. That's <laughs> pretty know. awesome. She knew what was what. But you know what I think always throughout all of these years turned me off for some reason is just the name Robocop yeah, okay. sounds far more cheesy and popcorn bullshit yeah. than this movie was at all ever Forever yeah, and always. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's reaffirmed after having just watched the trailer. They totally presented as being like Justice yeah, gets an upgrade. Like extreme 80s in your face. Uh, yeah. But meanwhile, we see it and it is a very thoughtful oh movie. Oh my God. And uh, it's one of those like rare movies where you look at the screenplay and there's not like a minute wasted. There's no, there's nothing that's introduced in the movie that doesn't come back to be important in the script. Before he becomes Robocop, he's flipping his gun around because his son loves like the TV character that does that. And that like comes back into play to indicate that he's still inside this robot when yeah. he's fully computerized. Well, he is humanized throughout the film. But what kind of stuck with me is not only that, that ability to kind of bring in the the family element, but also the socio-political commentary that this movie is making. Like, the world that we're existing in, Detroit in... uh, 2030. Yeah, 2029, 2030. So, regular cop gets completely eviscerated by some bad guys, and I mean, riddled with bullets... So much blood, and he they decide that they're going to turn that person into a machine and turn him into RoboCop, and he's owned by this defense company who are kind of the corporate evils, and that's kind of what the movie is basically about. There, I think there are two things happening with this movie. It's this, this kind of cheesy idea of he's part man, part machine, <laughs> yeah. all justice fighter. Right. And in my opinion, this was the old bait and switch because you see it and it's Detroit, which just like symbolically uh-huh. is is kind of this city that, you know, was once prosperous but yeah. then has gone through bank- bankruptcy and decay. It takes place in 90- 1987, which is at the end of the Reagan era. So everything about it yeah. is sort of this commentary on Reagan era capitalism, this kind of trickle-down bullshit. Well, it's like after greed is good yes, and all that. Yes, 100%, which... Unfortunately, we'll get into this later. At some point in the film, I believe I said, this isn't escapism. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, we we were were talking about how, like, before we watched it, there are sci-fi 
sci-fi movies and stuff like what we're doing is a form of like let's escape from this whole Trump yeah you know crazy situation <laughs> at, like let's where like on some you know corporations are just getting thrown into the government and like everything like that and then, all right let's sit down for some real escapism this, this was a deeper like cutting metaphor than I've well, ever anticipated well the thing that's interesting to me is like it was really over the top in 1987 and it is a lot less over the top today totally the, right. the idea that the the corporation owns the police so when he dies they even say well he's dead we can do practically whatever we want with them it's right. it's an it's just a blatant acknowledgement of the government being owned by private interest or mm-hmm. whatever it seems perfectly on par with where we're going even yeah. even including the ridiculous commercials they're like i'd buy that for a dollar these yeah. like cheesy over the top like oh man I do want to say that originally the movie got an X rating. I was going to bring that up too. Yeah. And so on the special features, there's Yeah, like, there's like the real original version, which is really, I, I guess one of the things that they did was uh, he added the commercials in post-production to lighten the mood of the movie. Oh, whereas to so, me, I'm like, this is even more sinister than he, I had thought. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, the commercial for Nukem, which is Battleship yes. but with nukes, is really like, it made me think back to what is battleship the game well it was the commercial is even modeled after those fucking battleship commercial yeah. i've seen pretty much all of those when the i was idea growing up is i blowing you up literally I, that I the battleship believe. commercial was families sitting across also, from each other saying you sunk my battleship yeah. like that was the thing <laughs> and we were super down you with murdered it. like 35 yeah, people exactly. with families and like. <laughs> you incinerated half of my crew also what a shitty game not I mean, fun. all it is is like a five. Yeah, you. It's a yeah, miss. You're, oh, you're just yeah. guess, shooting then in the like, dark. Then you're like, oh, I hit something. I guess I'll just try. Try it uh, in different uh, lines. Yeah. Okay, start basic. I was like, say, are there real live Robocops? A side note: I'm going to be saying Robocop throughout yeah, the podcast. It, it, like I it's don't. The last name. It is the last. Just like Batman, Superman, John Batman Robocop. v Superman. <laughs> yeah. Mister Robocop. Keeping call up with me the John. Robocops. Yeah. Okay. So Robocop, who is Murphy? Uh, Lieutenant? Sergeant? Officer? Officer Officer That seems like a safe bet. Yes. Anyway, so I was looking into whether or not the idea of a real Robocop was a thing. So there was an article in The Guardian in uh, June of 2016. Apparently, there's a new sheriff in town in (laughs) Palo Alto, California. Oh, no. And it is an egg-shaped robot like a giant Roomba. And his name is the K-5. And he is the sheriff? And by sheriff, I mean mall cop. Like, let's be, <laughs> let's okay. be, let's uh, be. Extra oh, I think I've heard clear, of that. Extra, so you got this little about this. Paul Blart rocking yeah. around. So he stands five feet, weighs three hundred pounds. I mean, <laughs> so he's Paul Blart. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin James, if you're listening. Anyway, new sheriff in town. Kind of looks like R two D two a little bit. Uh, he's the K five security robot. And he wanders the grounds of corporate campuses, malls, data centers in the Silicon Valley. So they say he's, okay, now this is me exploring my, or exposing my ignorance. So he's like a love child between an R2-D2 and a Dalek? Dalek? A Dalek. Dalek? Yeah, that's and is a that from? Doctor Who. 
Okay. Well, yeah. I don't feel that bad about not knowing about that. Yeah, you know. Explain. So, okay, so I know what R2-D2 looks like. What does Dalek look like? Like a bigger R2-D2. It's okay. like a garbage can. It's actually yeah, interesting it's because... it's like a garbage can meets like a bullet. I actually know <laughs> the way that the Daleks were first introduced and they like scared the bejesus out of kids in the Britain in the 60s was that they were doing a cliffhanger and they hadn't designed the Daleks yet. Okay. So they were like, okay, we'll just show part of it. And they got like a toilet plunger and the camera pans over and you just see a toilet plunger. And that was the end of the episode. And that's why, if you look at the Daleks, there's a little toilet plunger on one of its arms to this day. It's both fascinating that that's true and also that you knew that and had that trivia at the ready for the <laughs> podcast. A, Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. He didn't know I was bringing up the Dalek. He did but not know. I know about them. Holy shit balls! Okay, so this thing was created by a company called Nightscope. Now, that was founded in 2013. Stacy Dean Stevens, who was a former Dallas police officer, he sits on the board of this not-for-profit International Association of the Chiefs of Police, and he found out that if police had reached the scene of the Sandy Hook shooting mm. just 60 seconds earlier, they could have saved at least 12 more lives than they were able to. So from there, this guy, Stacy was, you know, he founded Nightscope, and they're trying to be like, well, what we needed was intelligence. Now, that's in the form of eyes and ears on the ground, essentially. Mm. So that's what this little guy has been developed for. They're So they're totally autonomous, and they're, they navigate in the same way that, like, self-driving cars do. And they have these high-definition infrared cameras. They have microphones that allow the robot to either interact with people or listen for sounds such as breaking glass and mm -hmm. so what these robots could be used for would essentially alert authorities if something crazy was going on like they can also uh, I think we I don't remember which episode we talked about this oh I think probably for the minority report one of like scanning license plates it has the ability to scan 300 license license plates oh, yeah. every minute so it has all of this th these capabilities but what's up in the air is what the companies that use these robots are doing with that data it has self-preservation devices, nothing offensive like a taser, but it has a loud alarm and geotagging so that it can call for help if it's attacked. Oh, because no. oh, people would totally fuck with well, that. Well, but also the people like to take selfies with the robot. They like to get selfies. There's been, now they're, they're supposed to be graffiti proof. Is it always like shut down and like start sending off a, an alarm? I don't think it has a problem with you taking a selfie with it, but if it's someone starts like beating it over the fucking head with a baseball bat, <laughs> it's going to be like, help. I mean, okay, it comes from from an honest place where it's like having eyes and ears on the ground. If you're using Sandy Hook as an example, it's hard for me to be like, fuck you, asshole. I'm like, okay, there's clearly a reason for it. Right. But in practicality's sake, it's it's it doesn't seem that feasible. The thing can't really, it can't go up and down stairs. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it's right. got to be on flat ground. That being said, if you're able to hear cracking glass or breaking glass from a mile away or hear the pings of cell phones or whatever, I guess it's like the more intelligence, the better. But what mm -hmm. the fuck are the companies using this doing with that data? Right. If you've got my license plate, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Um, not to mention the fact there were a couple of cases of the robot running over children. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Because it's one of those things where, you know, much like we're going to we experience with autonomous vehicles as they're testing this out. You can never account for fucking hu human action, right? Yeah, so yeah. this this robot has this infrared camera that's like, I see you. I'll move out of your way. But then the person's like, so the bot's like, Whoa. like even this guy, he was caught. It was like outside of a Tiffany and Co at the fucking mall in Palo Alto. He's with uh -huh. his like one year old kid, and this. <laughs> robot was like headed straight for him knows that it's gonna get out of the way but the guy doesn't know that so he gets out of the way and then it's this like awkward tango that they're doing <laughs> and even the guy said 
the Guardian uh, got this guy saying, he was like, I've seen Terminator and that's some Skynet ass shit. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is supposed to be graffiti proof. But there have been a few cases where there have been lipstick marks on the K5. Well, that ties back into the Ex Machina episode. Yeah, totally. Like, people can't, they're like, look at you, you little, like, get your fucking mouth off of the goddamn mall robot cop. The robot goes home, and the robot wife is like, what's that on your. What's this on your. Collar? No, I guess they don't have a collar. Okay, this little K5 guy is more or less innocuous. Now, of course, people could get stressed out like, are these robots going to replace human jobs? Now, most things are going to replace human jobs in a lot of ways. Yes. But this is one of those that like this little guy running around with fucking infrared cameras and like, it's not going to replace humans. It's more to be used as a tool for human beings. I think I see the third Paul Blart movie. Right in front of us. Paul Blart Robocop. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh. Doth we We're have to it? <laughs> I know. That Is moment it time of like. That we finally watch the Paul Blart movies? I don't and... think that ever needs to happen, frankly. Um, but let me just finish this up. So, this little guy, K5, is pretty innocuous, right? Well, China. Good old China. In April of 2016, they unveiled a robotic crime fighter known as the Anbot. Now, the Anbot was hmm. debuted at the. Oh, Goodness gracious, Chongqing high, uh, the High Tech Fair. That, that was on April 21st of 2016. So it was developed by the National Defense University, and it's a little droid that patrols, and it will play, this will quote-unquote, play an important role in enhancing the country's anti-terrorism and anti-riot measures. Hmm. Now that's uh, the state mouthpiece People's Daily, they reported that. So... Again, much like the K5 in Palo Alto, there's like sensors and there's cameras, but they're that are supposed to mimic human brain, eyes, and ears. You're like, mm. oh, that's say that pretty cavalierly. Like yeah, that's yeah, just like an easy. Yeah. Thing. Just but throw okay, that in you there. mean cameras? All right, okay, cool. Cameras and microphones. Yeah, like the shape of it is similar to that of a of a Russian nesting doll. I don't know okay. what that is. That like one that's of one of those dolls that's inside, inside a, doll, a doll, and then there's another thought, one inside. Is that, that what that's then, called? Yeah. Nesting. Yes. I don't know if I've ever heard that. I've definitely heard that. Wow. <laughs> it's a Russian that is nesting doll. wild nesting. And then like there's finally you get down to the little baby one. I know it's like exactly a little, what it is, yeah. but net, I mean, you know, you learn something I don't know new where every it comes day. From. Anyway, anyway. So here's where it gets really fucked up with the China thing. Again, okay. it's the same type of thing like, oh, something crazy's afoot. But it's, <laughs> it has, <laughs> but if it lets the people, the, the remote personnel that are in touch with the ANBOT, if it lets them know that something's going on, they can deploy electrically charged riot control tools. What does that mean? It means he electrocutes the people. Like taser. Like tasers. That doesn't so, sound nice. Yeah. The idea of <laughs> this little guy that can't even go up or downstairs just being able to somehow determine whether or not there's like a riot taking place and somebody I mean I guess and it's just the start same tasering people if there's autonomous remote personnel that are, are that are like I guess seeing what's being kept on camera and then mm. they're the ones that decide it just seems like do we need to six degrees of Kevin Bacon this like how about have the people there cops who determine whether or not there's an issue going you know what i mean it's like we already yeah. have an issue with police brutality was the idea then that you would have like fewer cops looking at through these machines and then you would employ fewer people is that like the ultimate goal of it i don't know if my gut tells me that it's about 
automating to not have to pay people to right. be on the street. Right. However, there's always going to be that human element. And so that means that there's always going to be room for human error. Right. If this little bot is telling you what's what, and then you're saying you're like, man, that person looks a little fishy. And then they decide, then you have just a robot, you know, committing police brutality. It just yeah. seems like bizarre. I get the idea of needing to be there and, and having eyes and ears on the ground if you can prevent a crime from happening. But to then imbue this fucking robot with right. the power to, inflict pain on something else. Well, that's the whole premise of this movie. Exactly. Because the opening of it is they have the ED-209, which is going to tell you 20 seconds to comply, but then is glitching out enough that it might just fucking fill you with lead whether or not you complied. Yep. And so if we're creating that in real life, I mean, the whole idea that you need a human being in order to have that ability to discern between a child that's got a toy gun and uh, somebody who's actually dangerous. Well, um, I mean, I... I... How art imitates life, which imitates <laughs> art. Like, you know what I mean? Like, watching yeah. these movies, even the, the few movies that we've watched recently, there's part of me that's kind of like, can we just fucking take our own goddamn advice from one of these days? Yeah. Because it's <laughs> yeah. like, this movie was made in 1987, and lo and behold, this looks much more in line with where we're going than I could have ever imagined. Because well, I actually, I read that in 2013, the writer reflected on how the film script is starting to play into reality. Really? And he said, uh, we are now living in the world that I was proposing in RoboCop, how big corporations will take care of us and how they won't. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So he said that three years ago. Straight from the horse's mouth, man. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the technology that we're developing to make RoboCops is actually being used to help things like paralyzed people walk mm -hmm. or somebody who's lost an arm to be able to have a useful arm again. There's a thing called the EXO, E-K-S-O, that helps people walk. It was licensed by Lockheed Martin for their human universal load carrier, Whoa. which is Hulk, human uh, universal load carrier. I mean, it makes, Bo, they, they went the extra mile to spell carrier with a K. It's oh, spelled Hulse, with a C. But it's you know how to really say Hulse. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should just, on principle alone, pronounce it Hulse from here on out. So the Hulse uh, enables a normally conditioned man to carry a 200-pound load at 10 miles per hour pretty much indefinitely without breaking a sweat. What? Um, yeah. Now, while the XO itself takes pre-programmed steps for its users, the Hulse uses a accelerometers and pressure sensors to provide a mechanical assist to the user's natural movements. What? So it's a real-life like like bionic person. exoskeleton what? type thing. No and fair! Come on! Look, look, look. <laughs> no Let's just fair. take a step back. No fair. I get that you've been paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. That's on you. You don't get to walk. I'm no, Jeff. <laughs> I'm saying like you should have the chance to walk. Yes. You should not necessarily have the chance to walk better than all of us <laughs> and for a longer <laughs> amount of time than all of us. Yeah. Like that just ups the ante. So now what? I have to be paralyzed in order to like, okay. Or you could, it would eventually get to the point where you could buy one of your own and you could run around like and a superhuman. And there's the... Class divide, getting <laughs> wider and wider. Yeah. That is wild, man. Yeah. There's also, there's a Japanese firm which has produced a similar device with medical applications called the Hybrid Assistive Limb, or HAL, mm -hmm. which they named after the robot that's yep. a murderer. Yeah. And the name of that company that made the HAL, Cyberdyne. 
So Tell good on it. you guys. What is the weird? This is the weirdest thing to me about all this stuff is that like people actually name the companies or try to create like they like naming things after the famous sci-fi thing, I even know. if the sci-fi thing is a murderer. Fucking Soylent? <laughs> yeah, why do people... Like, I don't get it. Why are we having companies called iRobot? I mean, it, in a lot of ways, it's like fucking facetious. Yeah. It's sort of like, well, I mean, we're, we're exploring that same technology that fucking Miles Dyson was... Right, you know? right. But like, I, I've definitely seen people who went into AI because they wanted to create HAL. Totally. They saw HAL in 2001 and wanted to make that. And it's like, but you know where that... You know totally. Cow. Well, it seems a little bit like a slap in the face to yet yeah, name your company after a fictitious company that destroyed the planet. That destroys the planet. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. So there's this whole thing. They, they call themselves biohackers, uh-huh. cyborgs, and grinders. <laughs> Oof. These are people who implant technology into their bodies. Okay. Tell me the names of the people again. Well, they, they call themselves biohackers, cyborgs, and grinders. Interesting. I, I don't know why grinders. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. Okay, go on. Right now, there are patients using cyber implants directly connected to smartphone apps in order to monitor and treat diseases in real time. That's insane. A new bionic pancreas being tested at Boston University has a tiny sensor on an implantable needle that talks directly to the smartphone app to monitor blood sugar levels for diabetics. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we we are, I'm down with. Yeah. You know Uh, what I mean? Me too. Like, you have to take the good with the bad. Of course, we're talking about the idea of the police being owned by some Omnicore. For something like this, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And at Harvard, they're trying to produce cyborg tissue, which is an engineered human tissue with embedded functional biocompatible electronics. The research team lead, Charles Lieber, said, ultimately, this is about merging tissue with electronics in a way that it becomes difficult to determine where the tissue ends and the electronics begin. Wow. And we are now officially talking about full-on cyborg technology. There's a company called Dangerous Things that has an NFC chip. An NFC is near-field communication. Mm -hmm. Your phone has it, and it's like what makes Apple Pay possible, Mm -hmm. where you tap your phone to something, and then it like communicates really quickly. You can embed an NFC chip into your finger through a tattoo-like process, and it'll let you unlock things or enter codes simply by pointing. Ah! Ah! Just $39 buys a glass-encased embeddable chip that works with some Android smartphones. $39? A full do-it-yourself cyborg kit, including sterilized injector and gauze pads, runs about 100 bucks. I don't know what shocks me more, the fact that this is a thing or the fact that it's that cheap. I feel like uncomfortable because most of the time it's like we just like wax philosophical about right. like what if we could afford these right. kinds? but now it's like I can now I really need to address how well, I feel about because that. that chips in every smartphone and so it has to cost like a couple of bucks yeah this person said some people see the body as a spiritual vessel not to be tampered with and some people understand their body as their own treating it like a sport utility vehicle I see biohacking as I got fancy new fog lights on my SUV But it's so true, man. I know. It's no more or less ridiculous than all the bullshit we already do to like upgrade ourselves. Well, that brings me to the major question, which is, is there a difference between using a tool like a computer or a phone and having it embedded in your body to do the same thing? Pew! Um, 
Uh, I think that is a fucking the probably the most subjective yeah question you could ever ask. Well, you said in an early episode that you find your line, you find what your mm-hmm. relationship with technology, and you draw that line for yourself. Mm-hmm. And different people have different places for that line. And I kind of feel like, and this is a transhumanism view. That's what this is called. Is mm-hmm. like there's a whole group of people who are transhumanist and they want to become uh, merge with machines. And it's like, in my view, you know, it makes it just. I'm sorry, you can't just like cavalierly throw that in. Oh, that's a real. Yeah, that's. Yeah, can we? Okay, let's talk about my what? I'm sorry, I should have realized. Jesus Christ! Because like I'm at a place where I'm like you know transhumanism. Like I'm one of them, and uh, you know, fucking hell, dude. Yeah, no transhumanism. It's the belief that like we're going to eventually merge with robots and enhance our brains. You know, it brings me back to there's a great old Steve Jobs quote, and he probably quoted is quoting somebody else. But somebody looked at the amount of energy that's expended by a human being when he's running Mm -hmm. compared to the amount of energy expended by a cheetah when it's running. Cheetah is way more efficient than a human, like much, much more efficient. Yes. But then somebody said, what about a human on a bicycle? And a human on a bicycle puts out way less energy for way more distance than a cheetah. Mm -hmm. And the Steve Jobs quote was that a computer is the bicycle for the mind. It's a tool for us to enhance how much energy we put out. And instead of having to actually like take the time to compute the math of it, we can offload that to computers. Now, look, I, okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I feel, I, it's like, I both feel very passionately, but also like am thinking about why I feel so passionately. And I think that I have to, I, it really boils down to a live and let live scenario. Like uh-huh. it is not for me to say what is the best way of dealing with it. Well, would you embed technology into your body? I mean, the thing is at first it would be, okay, you have Parkinson's. We're going to embed something into your brain mm-hmm. that helps. Context is everything. I think mm-hmm. that everything needs to be thought out. I would never be able to say on an absolute level what I would or would not do because I am not faced with the, that choice right now. That being said, like on an ethical level, I'm like, ah, in the instance of a neurodegenerative disease that yeah. I could embed something in and not die a slow and painful death, mm-hmm. like that would be cool. But... There's also plenty of other reasons why you would embed things inside your body. And yeah. I'd have to address that. I'm like, do I really need to be able to unlock codes or open doors so badly that I need to embed that in my finger as opposed to carrying a goddamn key on myself? Right. No, but am I going to shit on anybody else who does? No. I just think like, as with everything, it's it's a lot of it is economics too. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know yeah. if I will ever have the money to embed all sorts of crazy things. Although you just said that this thing is $39. Right. Or right. Because the, each individual chip is a lot cheaper than you think. Right. If you go far enough out into the future, there's nanotechnology mm-hmm. where a robot is the size of a red blood cell yep. and you have tons of them in your body and they're interacting with your neurons so that your brain can even like feel experiences mm-hmm. where you're in another place. Oh yeah. Like we've said with all of this shit, like there are plenty of wonderful things that technology and specifically artificial intelligence are going to do for, for people. Mm-hmm. Progress always happens whether or not I want it to. It could become like the fucking yeah. chip on your card. Oh, I'm sorry. We can't do any slidey slides. Yeah. You got to do the chip. And then you're like, oh, okay. Then before we know it's gonna be like oh we can't do any of the cardi cards you have to just use your finger chip and i'm gonna be like fuck okay i'm gonna have to go get a tattoo now get the finger chip i'm just as much a part of the fucking machine as anybody else so i'll do what needs to happen but i just think 
uh, I get really weirded out with too much of the trying to enhance yourself. I get right. it. I get, you know, cosmetic aspect of many of the things that we do, but I like, we're so self-obsessed that right. that's where my brain goes in terms of the like becoming yeah. bionic people. People have cosmetic surgery. People yeah. do steroids to enhance themselves. Yeah. People try to enhance themselves. It's all, really none of my fucking ways. business. I think that I would be into some of it at least. I don't know if I need to get the embedded finger chip right now yeah. so that I'm unlocking. I already have a Touch ID. I think at the very least I can safely say that I'm not trying to sit on my high horse. You know what I mean? Like right. that's that's one thing that even doing this podcast has been interesting to explore is the fact that I'm like, dude, I can have my opinions about it, but I'm not going to pretend like my participation in the system uh-huh. is any more grand like I'm not going to tell yours. you you can't. I read a story about this guy who suffered from three different strokes. He All he wanted to do was to be able to hold his wife's hand. Mm-hmm. And because of some of this stuff where it's like you're reading brain signals that can now control elements of a computer, they gave him this arm that he can think to go grab his wife's hand and then his arm does it. Totally. He's now able to hold his wife's hand again. Yep. <laughs> like degenerative diseases like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or anything like yeah. that is a that has a very real human consequences and positive human consequences mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want fucking massive corporations owning the police and therefore being able to determine what they want to do with human remains and how to incorporate that in like military force basically yeah but I guess I can't really decide that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's an MIT project to create an implantable female contraceptive. It's controlled by an external remote. The tiny chip generates small amounts of contraceptive hormone from within the woman's body for up to 16 years. Implantation is no more invasive than a tattoo, and the ability to turn the device on and off provides a certain convenience factor for those who are planning their family. Um, I'm going to say horseshit, 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 horseshit um, for multiple <laughs> reasons. One, of course, the onus is always and forever going to be I'm a fucking female. Well, that Go- study recently where it was like the guy that we figured out a one for guys, but then like there was like a, a small drawback to it and the guys were like, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second thing is like for the, the reason I fucking went off of the, the pill. I don't want excess hormones in my gut, in my right. body. I don't, I, I don't, whether or not it's convenient for me to turn it on and off. <laughs> yeah, that I'm wasn't like, the problem with it. Yeah. That's yeah. why. I get you know, that. What's better than all of that? The fucking IUD, man. Yeah. In, you forget about it for 10 years. There's no hormones. It's just the sperm don't like the copper. That's that- it. Bada bing, bada boom. It's a natural substance. Is that, but can you take that out easily? Uh, I mean, I myself am not going to like fish around in my cervix, no, but I would go in. No, you know in. what I mean. Yeah, of course. Just, yeah. Fish you around just, in you your just cervix. Make a, you just make an appointment and you go get yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, that seems better than this then. <laughs> right? I'm like, uh, it seems like taking a step back, folks. Uh, um, but then you can funny. control it from your phone. I saw one comment on the article that was like, oh, it gives like losing the remote a whole new meaning. Like, fuck you. I'm here all night, folks. Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. That story made me angrier than anticipated. (laughs) I I had all these different things that were like embedding into our body. And yeah, I was like, oh, what else? Oh, shit. Down here at the bottom of my notes is reproductive rights. You're into that. (laughs) That concerns you. Oh, man. It's all right. Now we know what's what. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. This is something I don't know how I hadn't 
noticed this when we watched the movie, but when I mentioned on Facebook that we were doing RoboCop, people had said, make sure to talk about the Jesus allegory and how it's basically just like totally about the crucifixion and resurrection. Now, upon review, obviously that makes sense. I think one of the reasons I didn't notice it is like, everything's a fucking Jesus allegory, right? right? You like, can kind of make that point, but this one is a little more this on is, the nose. This is much more clear, but I think I'm so, I'm so like... But I don't know. The whole thing is like, talk about the Jesus allegory. What about it? Yeah. It's basically like he was shot and riddled with bullets, which is the crucifixion. And then he came back. That's the resurrection. And then like at one point in the climax, he's like, it looks like he's walking on water because he's standing in a puddle. Right. But I'm like, you're like, but again, if there's anything, he's like saving Detroit. But like, what does that have to do with the science, man? Doesn't have anything to do with fucking science. So I stumbled upon this really interesting article uh, that was featured in Common Dreams, which is a progressive publication. And this was actually published in November of 2014. And it's called Robocop, Detroit, and the Rise of Our Contemporary Dystopia. I was like, okay. Incidentally, it's also like the year that the whole Flint water crisis was starting because uh-huh. of movies. So it, it was just interesting, like the trajectory of Detroit and Michigan yeah. and all of that yeah. stuff. To me, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I had a, a couple of quotes or a couple of ideas from this guy, uh, Nick Terse, that wrote this article. He says, what really stayed with me, however, were the subversive qualities of director Paul uh, Verhoeven. Is that how you say yes. that? Verhoeven's sci-fi satire, which poked fun at an imagined Reagan era on steroids version of 21st century America, complete with faux television commercials for a gas-guzzling luxury car that revels in its obscene size, a board game that trivializes nuclear terror, and a tasteless ad for an artificial heart clinic, in parentheses, in the days before real-world TV screens were overrun by ads for pharmaceuticals. Yeah. He goes on to say, what also struck in my brain was omni-consumer products, or OCP, a malevolent megacorporation, equal parts Lockheed, Halliburton, Cyberdine, or Cyberdyne Systems, and Soylent Industries, which plays an outsized role in the film. A privatized prison profiteer and shameless peddler of military arms with plans to bulldoze the Motor City and construct a gleaming Tomorrowland in its place. And, you know, goes on to talk about the people that are making profits off of the police and all of these. Mm-hmm. So this movie is far more than just an action movie with a half-man, yeah. half-machine guy. And it really yeah. fucked me up, I think, particularly because of what's going on right now. And I, I just want to know some of your thoughts on this. Like, is this something that we're headed towards even more? It's it's hard to say. Like, you and I have talked about this idea of long-term optimism and short-term pessimism. Mm-hmm. And I really subscribe to this theory that if you look, if you take a long enough view, everything is always getting better. Mm-hmm. And we do have a way of handling ourselves. But... There is a short-term pessimist view where we take these big steps backward and it's not just like a straight line up. It's with many steps backwards, but ultimately going in the right direction. And it feels right now like we've taken big steps backwards and we're about to take big, bigger steps backwards. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how realistic this is, you know, in the next 15 years. This world that Verhoeven has created was before it was actually real that drug yeah. companies advertise this kind of stuff. Like, I think that that's interesting. You yeah. know, the fact that we really have found a way to monetize everything mm-hmm. and capitalize on everything. We have a reality star as our president of the United States. To me, it seems like the movie is saying we've gotten so far away from human values that this is what we're doing. We're mm-hmm. taking like dead people and just using them to our benefit and blah, 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 blah. Like a la Soylent, I suppose. I think the bigger bad of the movie not the lower level bad both of them work at this corporation and the older one is really mad about this robocop thing because he had 25 years of ed 209 parts replacements lined up Mm -hmm. for the company to make insane money right 
he was like, who cares if it worked? We had a reliable source of money coming in for a long time. Uh, Your stupid RoboCop thing is getting in the way. And both he and the criminal bad guy in the movie have the same line, which is good business is where you find it. Mm -hmm. And that's what scares me. We should be better about and decide as a society to regulate certain industries like medicine should not be for profit. Totally. There are certain things that we should the be like, no. The police should not be privatized. These things, yeah, privatization of yeah. certain things like that, prisons. Why wouldn't we head towards this? Right. The question is not about whether or not technology is bad. It's about whether or not the people that are using that technology is bad. It always boils down to people. So it's like, we can be concerned and talk about, you know, robots taking over and destroying the human race, but really, these robots are programmed to do whatever the fuck we want them to. So if the people that are programming these robots are evil, which evil doesn't really exist in robots, it exists in people. Yeah, no, I think it was actually, it was in the Ex Machina episode, we were talking about Microsoft's Tay, the... Mm -hmm. If we're teaching AI to be sentient through humanity, it matters who's in control of its programming. Precisely. And that's, we come back to that again and again, and I, that seems to be kind of the fundamental issue here is we're going to make these things, how can we do it in a way that's good for society and doesn't get infected by these capitalistic tendencies? And I don't know how we do that. I really don't know how, because it, but because it seems to be antithetical to even just like the American story of just like free enterprise and, you know, let the market speak for itself. So it's like in order for there to be a quote unquote free market, then obviously those people are going to find a way to like fuck the system anyway, because they don't really care about the actual like fairness of it. As we're getting close to the end, I will say as something that I found very lighthearted was in most of the things I read about Robocop, they at least referred to Peter Weller's lips as pillow like. His pillow lips, and I could not agree more. The of that I man. kept commenting on that the entire time. I was like, we're going to cover up those baby blues. Oh, at least he's got <laughs> those pouty lips. He's got a pretty mouth. Well, yeah, I think it was like, if you're, all of your emotions have to come just from your mouth, then you better have one fuck of a mouth. Uh, well, you said fuck of a? Yeah. I totally thought you said fuckable, and I was like, I, 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 I mean that too. I know, but that was like, are we really taking it there? Is that where no, we're going? No, we weren't. We are now. now we are. <laughs> um, do you want to go through favorite lines? Yeah, let's do favorite lines. Well, I will say, so at one point the, the police officers were talking about whether or not they were going to go on strike. And I don't recall who said that. Maybe it was Murphy. Maybe it was somebody else. But someone said, we're not plumbers. We're police officers. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. You yeah. know, like there was one thing about this movie is it really reinstated my respect for the police. Oh, or yeah. like at least what the police are supposed to stand for. Well, because in the movie, <laughs> it's not just about police brutality. It's about the brutality of like how bad criminal behavior can get when it's running rampant. Yes. Like I don't think that our criminal behavior these days is as bad as it's described in the movie ostensibly the reason that robocop's put into action is because of the horrible crime rates that are existing right but in reality the horrible crime rates aren't really going crazy Uh so we're just responding to it anyway yeah oh i did want to mention that i do like that ed 209's ultimate kryptonite stairs yeah, totally. Which, but yeah, as we found, you just said. How did I not think of that? Yeah. I know. That's what they're that saying. Was they're like, we're going to control the riots. We're going to control the rioters and the criminals of the city as long as you don't go up go. or down any stairs. Because <laughs> yeah. then we're going to just stand there and go, wee, wee, wee. That was a pretty big oversight for that at 209 yeah. Robot. And then it's like screeching like a little baby. 
Yep. As it's like, oh, yeah, it sounded like a like pterodactyl or like a really, pig squealing or something really like that. Oh man, this movie was very provocative for me. It was so much better than I had anticipated, and so unfortunate that the sequels apparently suck baloney balls. Yeah. Alrighty, are we are we done so here? I think we're good. Join us next week. Join us next week here on No, no. But That's a Thing. <laughs> I will see you later. See you later, alligators.